Good evening, USA. Good morning, other parts of the world like India, where they're having a tea party, as we do every Sunday night here in the U.S. and every Monday morning. When I first started this uh, time of night, I was with two stations, and uh, they never got one listener from the other station. It was a station that was about UFOs and flying saucers, paranormal, ghosts, crop circles. That's not what we are concerned about here in Enlightenment Radio. However, I was planning on doing a counter to the paranormal radio station. That would be part of our realm of teaching to enlighten people that uh, ghosts are not real, they're familiar spirits. In the Bible they call them familiar spirits because they are familiar with whoever they're impersonating when they come and scare the heck out of you. So that could be one lesson in our mission statement, which is tonight's topic. Tonight's topic our mission statement. And this happened to me several years ago. I'll get to that in a minute. You're listening to Enlightenment Radio, home of the mystical voyage, a journey. I am your mystic guide. Why am I a mystic guide? Because I have the map. Whoever's got the map will get you there. You want transformation, you want change, you want enlightenment. That's where we go to find enlightenment. And our book that is based on the mystical voyage is Christ in a Mystery, a mystical approach to conscious enlightenment out of the scriptures. I gave that title to my publishing coach one time. She's a Christian woman. And she went along with me and edited my first book called The Ancestor. And I really enjoyed working with her. And I said, I got another book I'm working on. You might want to help me with it. And uh, the point is, superstition is the, a wall to so many people. So I said, my book's titled Christ in a Mystery. A mystical approach. As soon as I said mystical, her hands went out. Whoa, 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 I don't go there. Thank you. Mystical approach to conscious enlightenment out of the scriptures. So what that means, mystical, simply a mystic is one who believes in direct contact, making or experiencing direct contact with God through avenues such as prayer and meditation. That's it. That's simply all it means. And most Christians, I got somebody commented on one of my posts the other day, my cousin. <laughs> my cousins have thought I've been in a cult for 40 years. So he said, all he did was one word, cultish. And I said, oh, heretical even. So Jesus Christ, we're in good company, people. Jesus Christ was considered a cult. So was Paul and the apostles. The word sect 
S-C-C-T, and that followers of that sect, that was the word cult. So a cult is cultish. It used to be a good word. So did liberal, but those aren't good words anymore. And home at the mystical voyage to ultimate knowledge of body, soul, and spirit. Somebody commented to me the other day when I told her to go look this up on the soul pyramid. She told me there's a lot of good information in there. Yeah, if somebody would just click the pyramid, well, then you get all the levels. When you get to a certain level in the pyramid, that you, here are the steps, let's say, when you are led to a scripture verse. First, you read it, digest it, and then you come to the point of believing it. Now, the believing will stir and stir until finally you receive understanding. Understanding is the key to enlightenment. You can believe it till you're blue in the face, but if you don't understand, have the understanding what is actually meant by the spirit of truth. So the spirit of truth will give you the understanding, and that's the mystery of Christ. Christ is in you. He said, ask of me, ask of me and my Father, and we shall come and abode with you. Well, they not only abode with us, they're aboding in us. In Ephesians, it says, we are the habitation of God. Can you imagine that? <laughs> imagine. And John, right at the end, people miss that little verse. Of his fullness have we all received, speaking of God and Christ, of his fullness. Peter says, for God has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. Well, if he's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness, then we're not missing anything. So many people want to come out there and tell you that the Bible, verses are missing, chapters were taken out, chapters were put in that shouldn't have been put in. No, we're not missing anything important, significant to eternal life. Look, you're born here, body and soul. To be saved means to be made whole, made complete. doesn't mean to get rescued. It means made whole. I'm giving you these things for a point that I'll get to later, these little tidbits. So the word saved means made whole. It's so-so in Greek. So if you're made whole, that means body and soul. That means you're now a spirit. So now you're made whole. Paul says, may your whole body, soul, and spirit be preserved until the return. So in the Old Testament, spirit was upon them. It could come and go. It's kind of like God was an octopus, say, and his tentacles would go upon Moses, or his tentacle would be upon David. David said, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. So these are things that pertain to the spirit and pertain to spiritual understanding. And these you will find in the book on the website, and on this radio station. There's too many platforms out there 
That's why they call it the World Wide Web, that want to entangle you, constantly entangle you in error. E-R-R-O-R. -R -R. Hey, I can spell with my mouth, but I can't when I type. Isn't that a funny thing? I call myself a writer, but I happen to have gotten COVID the second time. It tweaked my typing skills. I call it typing dyslexia. So I have to use dictation now, and that's a real fun thing. They had a whole website one time that had collected all of the funny things that people collected from their dictation and their, what is it, speech correction they have in the software. Funny stories. Me personally, if you speak and you get certain words that come weird or close or you're feeling it, I believe your subconscious is actually coming through. It's a study I did. And you can get our app to Enlightenment Radio. Stay on focus, Mystic Guide. On focus. Enlightenment Radio can be obtained through Apple, Android apps, and Spotify. Now you can hear our podcasts under Enlightenment Radio. We're building a library of teachings that will enlighten you. You know, a book, some people say, well, I'm only on chapter two. I tell them, my gosh, I would be surprised if I wouldn't pass page three. You have to study, digest, page, paragraph, until you grasp it, its fullness. So many people want to do a drive-by study. What I call drive-by readers, drive-by preachers, drive-by understanders. Well, that's what they are, these drive-by preachers. They give you sound bites. Sound bites that don't fit the scriptures. We here at Enlightenment Radio, and I'm going to explain to you our new fellowship, correct name now, and a reason for it. It is powerful. It is enlightening. People, the biggest commodity that people are going to be seeking when all hell breaks loose and it's breaking loose, is they're going to be seeking the truth. And they're wanting to know where to go to find it. Over here, says one group. Over here, says another group. Well, I lead people. I lead them. I guide them. Then I trap them. No. Then I fake them. No. I deceive them. No. I pervert the word. No. That's what all the other things. The word says that all that stuff was coming. And it did. All of the perverting of the word, the changing of the word. Matter of fact, we've got uh, so many versions now. When I was first introduced into biblical teaching and understanding and research, there were 4,000 different denominations in the world. That seemed like a lot. Well, now, today, there's 45,000 denominations in the world. So, that tells you something. 
Paul says that I desire, or God says through Paul, I desire that you be all like-minded and of one heart, one mind. Put the mind of Christ on you. Or put on the mind of Christ. I've got a chapter on that. Christ consciousness versus sin consciousness. Well, you can think about the worst. That's sin conscious. If you have guilt, fear, doubt, worry, that's sin conscious. Well, the sin problem has already been dealt with. There's nothing you can do in the flesh. Once you're born of the Spirit, you are a spiritual being. There is nothing you can do in the flesh to undo what God did in the Spirit. It's not by works. It's by faith. And a little, one more tidbit before I get to our point in our teaching tonight, mission statement. Another point is that faith, or the faith, that speaks of in the Word, saved by faith, it is not your faith. Our faith could not save an ant. So the faith, the faith, is the mystery now. But the faith that the Word talks about is the faith of Jesus Christ. We are saved by His faith. And we are saved by His faith, you receive nine spiritual, the Bible says, gifts, but they are manifestations. They're not gifts. That would mean, well, you get one and I don't. All of these things I'm starting off with, I don't usually start off this way. I'm trying to make a point. And the point is, our mission statement makes the point. First of all, what is a mission statement? And what is our mission statement? I was a student of the Franklin Planner back in the early days of the late 70s. And in the late 70s, the big fad was you had to have a mission statement. Matter of fact, the movie Jerry Maguire was made after it. That was the foundation of that movie. I think it won Academy Award. So a mission statement is what most companies would do to justify or to follow, have a guide in their, what is, here there is. What is a mission statement? What is the purpose? A mission statement is a precise statement that defines what a company, in this case a group, does and what purpose it serves. So if you develop a mission statement, it took me a good couple of years. Once I was told, take your time, make it simple, I saw people write out a paragraph for a mission statement. You have to be able to say it in one breath. So the mission statement is your course. Stay on the course. So you hit the golf ball, it's off course. Stay on the course. And you will be rewarded for that 
staying on the course. It says so in the scriptures. Rewards are spiritual. We now live in a spiritual kingdom as spiritual beings because we've already been seated. So what is our spiritual mission? Mission statement is a simple statement about goals, values, objectives of an organization. So our mission statement, simply put, is to lead people unto the way of God more perfectly. That was my simple first time. It just flowed right out when I finally synchronized with my thoughts with spirit. To lead people into the way of God more perfectly and to make all mankind see what is the fellowship of the mystery. That second part I added not too long after that because I realized that it is the purpose to lead people under the way of God more perfectly would also include what Paul says to make all his, his purpose, his mission given to him by our creator to make all mankind well, it says all man in the Bible, scriptures, I believe. All mankind is what I put because everybody understands mankind and mankind is more, how shall I say, powerful, more inclusive. I don't mind. I don't think it's politically, politically correct problem if you change certain verses to include all male and female. I mean, I'd get a little edgy if every time I read the Bible it said all men may receive, get the fellowship. Well, what about me? So it's always an all-inclusive noun, man or mankind. I change it to mankind. Now, where did I get this? To lead people unto the way of God more perfectly? and to make all mankind see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Well, first of all, thank you, I got it from the scriptures. And we're going to go through that tonight, that foundational teaching of our mission statement. And by the time we're through, you will. I'm going to ask you and show you how to make your own or develop your own personal for your personal life a mission statement. And that mission statement should be considered a permanent fixture your entire life. Why change it? Well, it's not my mission anymore. Well, then it was a goal. A goal is different than a mission statement. A goal can change. It can be deferred. It can also grow. You can add to it, tweak it a little bit. But your mission statement is etched in stone. And that's how God wants us to stay on the course. In John 10.10, it says, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I am come that they might have life and they may live it more abundantly. So we have a choice. And who is the thief? The chief vampire. 
the thief, Satan, if you don't believe in Satan, just open your eyes. The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Look, if you've gotten born again, he's always after you to steal from you the truth, to make you feel condemnation, to make you feel, block you from holding forth the word, to block you from manifesting a more than abundant life if you are cheated and stolen from the truth. Right now, Satan is doing more work through the organized religion of churches, Christianity, Catholicism, evangelicals. He's doing more work for them than the uh, Church of Satan, Anton LaVey, Satanic Church. He did the Mass and backwards. That was his big trip. So he comes to, look, if you're born again, if he, he can't take that away from you. That's it. He cannot. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. There are hundreds of verses showing the eternal permanency of our new birth. So if he can't steal it from you, then he'll try to kill you. And to destroy you is to... What is that verse? A man that, uh, what is it worth to have all the wealth in the world and lose your own soul? So he can destroy a soul. Yes, he can. By killing it or killing the person, the soul, before they get the spirit. Now the spirit, once you're a spiritual being, the soul is God's, yours, eternal life. For the righteousness of God is eternal life. That's in Ephesians, uh, Romans, the gift of eternal life. So, we've set a course here about what a mission statement is and you know what my little computer is doing? My microphone on my computer is typing everything I'm saying, so I got to shut it off. That's funny. Look what it says here. The big fat was you had a heaven. <laughs> okay, turn to Ephesians. In Ephesians, chapter 8, I believe, chapter Uh, yeah, I'm going to read it to you. In Ephesians, turn the light on. A certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. Ephesus, at the time, was the kind of the center or the central point of the Greece, or that part of the world, commerce, people, traveling, all that sort of thing. And it happened to be the central point in the scriptures of the greatest revelation known to mankind. 
Ephesians. The breakfast of champions, I call it. All the verses pertaining to enlightenment. It even opens that way. May the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Isn't that a beautiful verse? Well, if I'm going to quote it to you, quit moving away from the mic, Mr. Mystic Guide. And I'll read it to you. Ephesians. Verse, chapter 1, verse 18. The Well, the verse before that. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. Now, if Jesus Christ, the God of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Well, you can't be God and have a God. <laughs> the God of Jesus Christ. He, Jesus, had a God. That's the confusing part when you go to these organized religions and you have to figure out which God you should worship, even in a monotheistic religion. And he says, May give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know that you may know, gnosko, experience, experience what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And the saints aren't dead people. They aren't wearing robes in the Catholic Church. The saints are anyone who has the new birth, who is a son of God by birth. That's a saint. Continuing on, and a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria of Egypt, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. The man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the spirit, he spoke and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded. I like that word expounded better than preaching. Every time I see the word preach in the Bible or scriptures, I replace it with the word expounded or expanded upon. Unto him the way of God more perfectly. Where do you think I got my mission statement? And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him now, who when he was come helped them much who had believed through grace. For mightily convinced the Jews, he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly showing by the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. I looked up other versions, as I do often, and every version says, some versions, showing the scriptures that Christ was Jesus. Now, why would they reverse it? I had not contemplated that much, but I know when they take verses out or they switch 
come around. It's for a purpose to deceive you. If I were to look at the clock, I'd say I could teach that, but no, I can't. So in Ephesians, uh, it also says that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. Well, let me show you how does this man who is an eloquent man, mighty in the scriptures, not know about the new birth. All he knew was the baptism of John, which is what? Water. And water doesn't save anybody. So he spake and taught diligently, spoke, taught diligently the things of the Lord. Well, the Lord here is the Lord God Jehovah, knowing only the water baptism. So he began to boldly in the synagogue, and Aquila and Priscilla, they didn't reprove him right in front of everybody. They took him aside and said to him, Apollos, we're going to expound unto you the way of God more perfectly. You see, Aquila and Priscilla were students of Paul, and they knew the mystery back and forth. Backwards and forwards, they knew the mystery and that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and the new birth was through him. So Apollos became, that's how he was mighty in the scriptures, but scriptures up to the point of the Gospels or John's baptism. He had did not know of the new birth or the faith in Christ. You are in tune to Enlightenment Radio, home of the ultimate knowledge of body, soul, and spirit, and unlimited music 24-7. Be sure and visit our website at enlightenment-radio.com. There you can journey through the mystical voyage and also view our schedule of programming. Thank you for listening.
I should turn my mic on. Well, I got the information. I researched thoroughly before I give a teaching. Ephesians 18, and Apollos shows up in verse, oh, starting around 1822. From then on is the story of how Aquila and Priscilla led him to lead him unto the Lord more perfectly. So more perfectly is to teach the Word of God accurately, more perfectly. I am not one who is a basic Bible 101 teacher. That's not my calling. Oh, an evangelist. I could not stand on a corner of the Bible preaching. I just... My calling is to lead people unto the way of God more perfectly because I have had 45 years of research and understanding and under a great mentor named Dr. Victor Paul Wierwold, who had taught the mystery to me for the first time I'd heard it. And I told you last week the importance that God, the emphasis he puts on teaching is phenomenal. Teaching is the core at the heart of getting the word or getting the truth out and teaching it accurately. It starts off when you teach a little bit of error, you get a little bit of tradition, and next thing you know, you've got a religion and a denomination. Now that's why I said there are 45,000 denominations because they do not practice teaching the truth. They practice teaching error. All error ends in idolatry, people. So, well, just disappeared right in front of my eyes. Okay. So, he had been instructed in the way of the Lord, being fervent in the spirit. That does not mean spirit he had in him. He did not. He was not born again. The spirit is a figure of speech in some cases referring to the soul. He was fervent. He was enthusiastic. And he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus. You know it says Jesus only? So that's another thing that we lead people under the way of the Lord more perfectly is we get them to stop saying just Jesus only. Because the vocabulary of God includes Christ everywhere to the church. The Jesus-only people are stuck in the Gospels. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Concerning the things of the man, Jesus, the humankind, and the things he went through, the sacrifice, the mocking, the spitting on. You see, all that's gone when you have Christ in you. You have Jesus Christ, or Jesus is incomplete without the Christ. Jesus is the human who walked this earth. Jesus, the Christ, is the holy anointed one of God who had the Holy Spirit and was raised, crucified, raised from among the dead, the resurrection, the ascension, and is seated at the right hand of God. That's a much higher power and a much better meaning to the word. And so that's how we lead people into the word more perfectly. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue in Aquila and Priscilla, took him aside, and the way of God more accurately. So that's where I got the first 
more perfectly in the text of King James, I believe. And I like that. The perfect, by the way, the perfect is those who are initiated ones. The perfect are the initiated ones into the mystery. Into the mystery, we're called the perfect. We're also called, when you see the article the, the faith in the scriptures, the faith is referring to those of us who are initiated into the mystery. We're a cult. <laughs> what can I say? So when you're initiated into the mystery, that is called the faith. Well, I'm not going to get into all the history because I've made my point on the first one. And I will go to, for this cause, Ephesians 3. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Notice the epistles, the vocabulary of God here. And I'm, I'm reading from Ephesians 3, verse 1. The prisoner of Jesus Christ. And that's literally. You know, Paul was moving around too much to sit down and write. Oh, he journaled a little bit. Maybe took a few snapshots where he toured, but... He didn't write the scriptures. The revelation that was given to him took him 14 years in the desert and over, I believe, 30 years to fully receive it and give it. How that by revelation, he's speaking here. Oh, verse 2, if you heard of the dispensation of grace. Well, what's a dispensation? It's an administration or period of grace. You see, it's just a horrible translation. So this period of grace, which is given to me toward you, to you word, how he said it, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery. It's just rich, rich, my knowledge. Remember how last week I pointed out, Paul says, follow me, I am the example? Whoa, that's pretty uh, egotistical of him, don't you think? Well, not really, because our gospel is the mystery. Our gospel is not the four gospels. Because there was no new birth available then. It was only available after the day of Pentecost, and that's when the spiritual, the entire spiritual kingdom was open to all mankind. And we have access through Christ to God. The only access before was in the temple and the curtain behind it. And that tore in two when Christ was crucified. Which in other ages, that can be another word for dispensation or age, whereby you may understand my knowledge, where in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by way of the Spirit. People, how are you going to live a spiritual life if you don't have spiritual food? This revelation here of the mystery says, and even... The churches don't even teach it, let alone acknowledge it, as you see in Colossians. 
that the Gentiles, this is just the top of it. This is just a little coating of what the mystery is. The Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body partakers of this promise in Christ by the gospel. Well, what is our gospel? The gospel is the mystery. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of grace. Whoa, gift of grace. I thought, if grace came by Jesus Christ, it said in John, the end. Well, it came after he died and was raised from among the dead, ascended unto heaven, and the outpouring was on the day of Pentecost. In a minute, I'm going to go through the eight wonders, or the eight gift, the eight wonders, or pillars, I called them in the, originally, now I call them the eight wonders. The gift of grace is one of them. Unto me, who am less than least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach or expound among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. That's the second part of our mission statement. Wow. Look how I put that together. That's why I'm Mystic Guide. I guide you to the right place. You know why they're calling us a cult? Because we're over the target, that's why. Paul said, if I didn't have the truth, why is my life in jeopardy every day, every hour? We're over the target, people. We're over the, the churches can be the biggest target. They're the ones out there who are deceiving the most people. Trinity is the biggest hoax perpetrated by mankind since the invention of hoaxes. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning hath the world been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. Whoa! How did he do that? He didn't. How could we preach or teach that Jesus Christ was born, created by God, planted a seed in Mary. And here it says, all things were hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. That is a conflict or an apparent contradiction. You see, all scripture has all apparent contradictions in the scripture are usually three or four reasons. Number one, it's context. People take it out of context. Number two, it's by the translation. Number three, it's been used before. Those are ways how you can tell what that particular verse means. Well, in this case, by Jesus Christ is not in any Greek text. None. Zero. It was added by the translators around four or 500 A.D. So scratch it out of your Bible. Who created all things, period. God created all things. He told us that. So you're out there teaching that Jesus Christ created the heavens and the earth? You got some splaining to do when you get to the splaining master. Now, in Ephesians 6, you see why I told you that ahead of time? Now it connects the dots. To lead, I just led you under the way of the Lord more perfectly by telling you that's in translation error. How's that? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I'm in Ephesians 6, my bad. Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not 
against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Allow me to introduce myself, Count Dracula. That's one of the rulers. The darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness on high places. So New Agers, I am a New Ager. I speak New Age language. I speak New Age. I also speak the wisdom of God, which is the mystery. For we speak not man's wisdom, but we speak the wisdom of God, which is Christ. I love this because it teaches you that we're in a spiritual battle. And we have a three of five-part series written already. You can go to the Mystical Voyage and see the cause of the rise and fall of the Western Hemisphere or the Western civilization in America today. Right now, we are at the last of the five stages I teach, the five stages that come from idolatry. Idolatry is the cause of these five stages and the fall of the Jewish civilization. It's the cause of the fall of the Roman Empire when the last Council of Nicaea and the Council of Constantinople declared Jesus Christ as God. Then they declared the Trinity as God and to worship it by decree or suffer death execution, torture, or excommunication. Well, how did you think they were going to vote if the emperor told you that? So within one generation, God didn't play around. Within one generation of them declaring that phony hoax, that lie, which is idolatry. Look, idolatry is the cause of this fall of America and Western civilization today. And the idolatry that is causing it is worshiping the Trinity. It's that fact. It's a truth. Not one of our founding fathers was a Trinitarian. How's that hit you? Not one of them. They came over to escape the tyranny of the Trinity. You can read about it on our Facebook page, The Tyranny of the Trinity. Robbie does a masterful job of creating graphics with accurate teachings from the scriptures. You will not find that word anywhere, nor will you find the word incarnate, deity. All those words are made up by man. And that idolatry, I go through three civilizations and the scriptures pointed out. I point out the fall of Jerusalem and Judea. I point out the fall of Rome. Now our next chapter is going to be all of our founding of America and how we are approaching the last stage, which is the loss of treasury. That's when they came and finalized, wiped out Israel. Within one generation of the Lord Jesus Christ's birth, Israel was buried in the ground. Now I consider 70 years a generation sometimes because of that little teaching there or that little fact you can take a generation, make it 40 years. There are scriptures that will validate that. And there are scriptures, it's depending on the context. Which time amount is. 
So that's when they call. <clears throat> By the way, the only cults, only people who are cults are people who do not believe in the Trinity. What a, what a coincidence. So under this spiritual rulers of darkness, powers of that be upon high, spiritual wickedness, these are all hierarchies, rulers of certain hierarchies in the devil's dark world. Well, who's going to replace those kingdoms? Who's going to rule in those kingdoms? Who already does but just don't know it is we. Excuse my southern Kansas drawl I switch back to now and then. I'm really from California, dude. So, wherefore... What do you do? You take under you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand. You stand on that truth, that word. The armor of God? Is that the scriptures? Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. Not error, not hoaxes, not trinities and having the breastplate of righteousness. Wow, we've been given, it says in Romans and Corinthians, we have the righteousness of God now. Well, how righteous is God? Pretty righteous. That's one of the benefits of the mystery. You couldn't have the righteousness of God in the gospel. That's why it's not our, our gospel. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking you the shield of faith. Whose faith? The faith of Jesus Christ. That's one of your manifestations you have received. I mean, God equipped you people. They, he's equipped you good. The, the problem that the devil had and why he would not have crucified the Lord of glory had he known the mystery is because Jesus Christ at that time was only one place at a time. Now that you have, and I'm going to spill the beans, give it away, the crux, the fulcrum of the mystery, it says in Colossians 1.27, is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So now Christ is in you and in you and in you, everywhere. The devil's like playing whack-a-mole, trying to get to us. We're over the target, boom, next, oh. He can't keep up with us, him and his minions. In the end, we win because I've read the book. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. That's all they are. Don't make a mountain out of a molehill. These guys do not have the power that so many people give them. We turn our power over. You ever heard that statement? Turn your power over. Well, that's what we do every day when we get up and avoid anything that has to do with God, the scriptures, and the mystery. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Okay. And the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. Ah, there it is. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God, the which is the Word of God. Praying always, always with prayer and supplication. Well, how do you pray always? He's talking to who? The church. So now you've got the church speaking in tongues, which is perfect prayer. 
is to prove the evidence that you are born again. So I go to, you guys are getting ready to go to, no, you're getting up. I'm getting ready to go to bed over here. So I'm speaking my spiritual prayer language. So how do we always speak in prayer? How can you do that and get sleep? I go to sleep. You guys continue. Your turn. So we pray without ceasing. This is the verse I'm thinking of. So we pray without ceasing. We just kind of roll past the baton. One place to another. That's why the devil is so checkmated. But he just won't give in until Christ returns. By the way, it says, uh, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope is the return. It's our hope. So you can hope for Christ to return. You cannot believe for him to. Because I mean, if you could believe for him to tonight, then it might happen. In other words, it's something you can hope for, but not something that's believed on. That's another teaching. As for me, now listen here. Oh, I wanted to also tell you, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, see, it even says praying in the Spirit, right there in front of you. And you know how many pastors, teachers, priests do not believe in speaking in the Spirit? About 99% of them. Praying in the Spirit is power. It's demonstration of power. Paul says, I came not unto you with the wisdom of man, but in demonstration of power. That word power is dunamis, like dynamite. Supplication in the Spirit is specific prayer. In other words, it's targeted. You've got a certain issue God knows what the issue is. You may not. I drive by an accident. I see that maybe people are hurt, maybe not. I don't take time to hold up everybody else by trying to find out and look. I just start speaking in my prayer language because God knows. One of the purposes of speaking in the prayer language, which I believe I taught, I put it in a class. Robbie, do we have the 25 purposes of speaking in tongues in podcasts? If we don't, I got to get to it. So, one of them is making intercession for the saints or making intercession. Christ intercedes for us. There's two or three verses where it says that he is the same thing, intercedes, because we don't know what's going on in that wreck, but God does. God knows what's going on in that wreck. And so you speak in the Spirit, you take care of it. You don't have to drive by and feel bad about it. <laughs> As for me, that the utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the way to the yellow brick road. No. He's praying that utterance may be given unto me, that he can open his mouth and speak the words, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, or the gospel of the mystery. 
Paul doesn't mention Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And when Paul got the revelation of the mystery, I mean, Peter, John, all of them stepped back and let him go because he had the baton then. And he was closing everyone in the period of two and a half years. The entire then known world had received or heard the mystery. So he's praying that us to me for utterance may be made boldly that I may make known the gospel of the mystery. Oh, check this out. For which I am an ambassador, an ambassador in bonds. I think I started to tell you this a while ago and I probably didn't finish it. Paul was traveling around. He couldn't have time to write. So God, probably by vicariously somehow, got him arrested. Actually, it was Paul insisted on going to Rome when he was arrested. So he stayed in jail, and when he was in jail, what was he going to do? He wrote those beautiful epistles like Ephesians and revealed unto us the mystery, or we would not have this to live by and walk on today. We would not have the knowledge of it. And without the knowledge of it, it's like having a million-dollar bill, there is such a thing, in your pocket, and you don't know you have how you're going to use it. So God made sure he put Paul in jail so he could write this down. Therein that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. 2 Corinthians 5, 19. Not only is Paul an ambassador, but check this out. To it, God was in Christ. I'm in 2 Corinthians 5, 19. To it, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Wait a second. It said God was in Christ. What a concept. It doesn't say Christ was God. How do they, what do they do when they read these verses? They just kind of hold their eyes and read past it. Not imputing their trespasses hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. We've been reconciled people to God. There is no more to-dos. Nothing on the to-do list for God. No works. Our works are the spiritual kind. We don't raise our hands, or light candles. That's all past history. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, he concludes. We are ambassadors for Christ. And reconciliation means brought to a peaceful agreement. That we are ambassadors through Christ, and as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. That's in the book of Corinthians. So, we are ambassadors, are we not? That is a big deal. You go ask an ambassador. He's got an embassy. He's got all this power and representation. You see what I'm saying? He represents the United States of America. He's an ambassador for India. The ambassador has a lot of power behind him. He has the entire power of the US Air Force, Navy, Marines, Army, the police, an ambassador can really go pretty deep, and he has a lot of power. So people, 
We are ambassadors for Christ. You are in tune to Enlightenment Radio, home of the ultimate knowledge of body, soul, and spirit, and unlimited music 24-7. Be sure and visit our website at enlightenment-radio.com. There you can journey through the mystical voyage and also view our schedule of programming. Thank you for listening. Thank you. We're about to wrap it up. You have to be somewhere. I did not get a chance because I didn't set up my computer. Let me go to the chat room if, if it's in the portal. Yeah, the portal to Christ in a mystery. We have a chat room there. Sorry I didn't get into it, people. Let me lift it up here. I want to see you, see you all. That chat room. Where is it, Robbie? Is it in there tonight? I'm not seeing it. See, oh, there, there it is. Oh, I know, I'm in the wrong. I hit photos. Anyway, that's where our chat room should be. You probably put it in my email. He usually does. I need so many secretaries. So many. I need a typist. Oh, there's, look, look how many people are still holding on listening. I have you spellbound. I have you captive. Boy, what a teaching. Yes, sir. You're ambassadors for Christ out there. So go out there today with your chest out, especially if you're a man. Oh, I'm so bad. Um, So hold your head high if you're a woman. Hold your chest out if you're a man. It's a beautiful, powerful thing that we are ambassadors for Christ. Now, included in this mission statement, the mystery are the eight wonders of the mystery if I can't get to it fast enough. So I'm going to go into the book. If you haven't seen this book, you'll know why I call it a living book. It's a marvel of David Skinner, my art director, give him some credit, give him a lot of credit. All I had was some written word. 
And he took that written word and framed it and just glorified it in this setting environment that makes it a living 3D word. I love it. You can even hear the pages turn, I think. Oh, did you hear that? I'm turning the page. It's a living book. So you go to the living book. If you hit all the squares, then you can see all the chapter headings. I finally got around to writing the introduction so we could finalize the book. And I made it easy for David so he didn't have to add pages. He just put it in the front where it belongs. So we get to, he was the idea for all the keys representing each of the eight wonders of the mystery. I thought that was brilliant. He's just a brilliant art director. Well, now I am at the page. I can close out my guide map here. The eight wonders of the mystery. Stand by your microphone. One, the new age of grace came and is with this administration or age. The seed, sow the seed of sonship and family. God wanted a family. That's our eternal purpose, by the way. Oh, it is living because it turns pages on its own. The new, oh, this is, this is awesome. You know, to create means to bring into existence that which has never existed before. That's true. So all God had to do when it came to Adam was just take up a little dirt, put it together. It was already made. He formed man of the dust of the ground. Doesn't say he created him. He said he created the spirit in his image. That's the creation part of man. So now, what are we going to do now? We are body and soul people, but we have received the spirit. In the mystery, it tells us we are a new creation. Never before was there a spiritual being. <laughs> a spiritual being. We are a race of people. people. The spirit is the seed of Christ. It tells you that. He is the seed. You know, they planted, it's, it's, it's just so allegorious. They planted him in the ground. And what came up was the perfect seed that God did not have until then to have a family of spiritual beings. He just wants to, you're trying to receive all of his blessings through a straw when you should have wide open arms. We have, we have what's called the greater glory than in any other age or realm. We have, compared to a, I don't know why these preachers want to glorify Israel when Israel is extinct. The Jews are extinct. I'm here to tell you. I sit right here. I'm a devilish cult telling you right now that the Jews are extinct, and I've got, I'll, I will debate anyone about it, any rabbi. Any Jewish person who's sold out, you're not a Jew. There's no such thing as a Jew. The Jew, you would have to have your generation, bloodline, your seed, all written. Number two, you would have to take a DNA test, and you would have to be perfect 100%. Well, there is no such thing as a race today. I thought the Genome Project was clever, and it was great in 2000 when they discovered that the uh, Seed 
or the DNA in a person does not determine, you cannot tell the DNA of a person by their skin color. Or from DNA, I got it backwards. You cannot tell the skin color of that person. You didn't know that, did you? All this, give us your swab of your DNA, will tell you your, they make it sound like they're telling you their race, but there's no such thing as race today. And I thought the whole thing was gonna be over with and blown apart, but they smothered it, smashed it, and now it's even more racist than ever. So how can you be, no Jews exist, how can you be an anti-Semite? I don't know, that's their problem. Our common, or our communion in the spirit is as close to us as our breath. That's another wonder. We have the spirit and the nine manifestations, the five gift ministries. We shall be changed. Paul said, behold, I show you a mystery when he was talking about overcoming death. He says, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall be changed anatomically and atomically at the quickening. Boy, when you read the quickening, we are light years away from people who believe in nirvana. I've reached nirvana. Well, I'm light years from you, dude. I got the spirit, eternal life. How are you gonna overcome death? That's the first thing I ask a new ager. Well, I used to believe that. I followed Vivekananda. Paramahansa Yogananda, I was a student of Swachidananda, he gave me a mantra. So I know all these people. And I still ask him, how do you overcome death? Have you overcome death with what you believe? Well, naturally, if they were honest, they'd say, no, I still die and stay in the grave. They always come up with the old comeback reincarnation. And I prove somewhere I've written, <laughs> that it's an immutable law, that, oh, it's an immutable law, it's all in Corinthians 15, that the spirit cannot come before the natural. That's right. The body and soul comes first. You cannot, there's no such thing as incarnation if the spirit comes first. We are not a spirit being on an earthly journey. There is no such thing, and nowhere in the scriptures does it even come close to teaching reincarnation. Why would Jesus Christ have to get up from among the dead, it says? The dead is plural. That means there were a lot of dead people still when he got up. It says in the scriptures, no man hath ascended into heaven, yet every funeral says he's in a better place now, and they look up at the sky. That man is dead. We can see he's dead. We can see that we are dead too, but Paul promises us the gathering together and promises us the eternal life and the anatomical and atomical change comes at the gathering together. I better hurry and close. Nothing shall separate us from the oneness, the oneness of God and the last great wonder. People are rewards. We're no, we're, we have passed from death unto life, eternal life, it says. We've already bypassed judgment. We're not going to be judged. You know, the judgment seat that we go to, it speaks of in Corinthians, is 
like the bema. It's called the bema. That's where like the uh, Olympians go to get their reward. It's the staging area. The judge gives them an award. That's the bema speak, spoken of. Well, everybody thinks we're coming under judgment. We've already been judge righteous. So how can you go to heaven or hell without going through a judgment? Even Martha knew that. She says, Lord, I know, because Jesus said of Lazarus, well, he sleepeth. She says, Lord, I know you can write uh, the scriptures that we will, shall be live again in the end, in the end times, she says. Even Martha knows more than these pastors. So those are the eight wonders, and this one is the click hook. He shall freely be given our kingdom reign. People, somewhere out there, you can't have a million kings ruling a kingdom. That's just stupid. It doesn't make sense. We're all going to end up here in paradise as kings. Who is going to rule? Jesus Christ said, I appoint unto you a kingdom as the Father has appointed unto me. And what's his kingdom? Probably the Milky Way. I think galaxies, billions of them now, are a representation or of the epic proportion of our kingdom. And we get to reign in a kingdom. There will be a spiritual hierarchy. And that's our reward. If we stay on course, Paul says, or if we get off course, God will correct us because he wants us to get the reward for staying on course of an ambassador for Christ, staying on course of the truth, and staying on leading the people under the way more perfectly, and that the fellowship... Uh, I better go to my home website. There it is. To make all mankind see what is the fellowship of the mystery. So, tonight I'm announcing our mission statement to all of you in Bali and around the world who are born again and follow the mystery. We are the mystery of Christ, or mystery in Christ, fellowship. Or is it Christ in a mystery? Oh, geez. I said... Going to announce our new fellowship name, Christ in a Mystery Fellowship. Christ in a Mystery Fellowship. It's official. We are no longer the swallywags of the desert. We are the mission impossible? No. God gave us a mission. Listen what Christ said. Though I understand all mysteries and have faith, I still need agape. The love of God is what knits us together. That's what knits us together. When you're like-minded, I have never experienced more love, more... I just can't explain the feeling and the high I got when I was introduced to a certain ministry who was practicing and all like-minded, the love of God. Being knitted together in like-mindedness is what creates that love in manifestation. It's the love of God in manifestation that 
gives us that powerful feeling of agape. People, I don't know how to live any other way or how to teach it any other way. If it's not the truth, my spirit starts shaking me. If I go in front of a teaching, which I don't darken their church doors anymore, what I find is if it's, we have discerning of spirits, you know, that's one of our manifestations. That preacher says something that's not of the truth. Man, I start right away. My spirit goes wacky. It says, do not forsake the Holy Spirit. God bless you all. Thank you for listening. We're wrapping it up. We are now Christ in a Mystery Fellowship. We have a mission statement. Learn it. Memorize it. And get a book or get a guide. It's very simple. To form your own family, your own self, a mission statement. And in that mission statement contains your values that are most high to you. So the most high values I had at the time were the scriptures and the word and the mystery. And that's teaching the word of God more perfectly. We are ambassadors for Christ. Now go out there and make this world transform. The spice expands consciousness. Expands consciousness. The music you are listening to is coming from Enlightenment Radio. Sound waves that lift your consciousness, enhance your mood, and transcends time and space. Visit our website at enlightenment-radio.com where you'll be guided each level of transformation to become an enlightened one. Spice. Uh, yes, the spice.